Welcome to the Next Level Business Podcast for entrepreneurs who are looking to take their business and wealth to the next level. show next level business podcast and we are so thankful that you guys listen in we're, we're glad that you stick with us and we believe in the three pillars we always want to remind our listeners that business real estate and stocks and how do we get better at each one and today we got a great show today this one is all about business and specifically we're dialing into the new ppp loan this is the second round and we thought this was real timely and I just want to reiterate, you know, we've talked about this before. Anytime you want to do a purchase scenario, SBA is the only game in town. And a lot of times if you just need working capital, anything outside of a commercial real estate deal, SBA is your game. And I can tell you inside the commercial lending world, which I was a part of for 15 years, you will have 20 lenders on staff at a bank and maybe two of them will have a good understanding of SBA. And so you've really got to dial in and you have got to find an SBA guru. And those are hard to find. And so I call them the uh, SBA uh, unicorns. And we have one of those today, Miss Kim Bunting. How are you, Kim? I'm doing fine, Shane. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for being with us again. You and Roy have been on before. And we always want to pick your brain first and foremost when it comes to you know, acquisition deals. And specifically today, you're going to go over the second round of the PPP. Yeah, you know, this most recent stimulus has really uh, uncovered some great stuff for small businesses. So, you know, one of the things before we jump into PPP that I want to lay out is the uh, rulings related to taxes. So, you know, there's been a, a huge discussion about the fact that, um, you know, PPP and idle proceeds, uh, if they're not going to be considered income, then you shouldn't be able to deduct those expenses uh, as business expenses. Well, although GAP accountants around the world are cringing, um, or at least around the United States, uh, what the legislators did is actually say that neither PPP nor EIDL will be counted as taxable income. Oh, that's amazing. And, yeah, and expenses that are paid for with those funds can also be deducted as business expenses. Oh, that's the best of both worlds. It is. We, so it's completely you write it off as an expense and you don't have to account it as income. Absolutely. So we're getting both sides here, and it is um, really the most beneficial scenario for small businesses. Nobody's going to have any surprises tax-wise for 2020. Oh, that's fantastic. Hey, what are the forgiveness rates going at now? You know, so the people that apply for the first round of PPP, and they're applying for the forgiveness, how are those turning out? 
Um, you know, they actually, uh, the modifications that they made to forgiveness really have inched down to they're pretty straightforward and easy to obtain forgiveness. You know, what, what you're looking at with a PPP loan is you're getting a loan that's equal to two and a half months of payroll, but you have 24 weeks to spend it. So most businesses are able to go in asking for forgiveness purely based on payroll. Because, you know, you're just looking at the numbers. I mean, we're talking eight weeks versus or, or 10 weeks versus 24 weeks. So the forgiveness rates, although there were some scary times before the rules were uh, improved, at this point now, um, forgiveness is really pretty easy to obtain. And in fact, some of the new rules about forgiveness make it even easier to obtain. What previously was allowed to be considered for forgiveness was payroll, rent, or mortgage interest, and, and utilities. Now, what's allowed to be considered for forgiveness is all of those plus software or cloud services or other technical expenses, payments to suppliers. And that's for contracts or orders that existed before your covered period, but still it's just the general broad category of payments to suppliers. So is, is that, are you saying that's PPP one or that's the new rules for PPP two on the forgiveness? It actually um, uh, is, goes back to apply to both PPP one and PPP two. Yeah, so it's as if the legislation was originally written this way, and, and they specifically said that uh, in the amendments. Also, added to the very broad category of payments to suppliers, there's also damage due to any unrest, which is unfortunate if you experience that, but that is covered, anything that wasn't covered by insurance. And then lastly, expenses related to worker protection. And I got to tell you, Shane, this one is hugely broad. This allows things like construction that you might have needed to do to your space in order to make it more safe for your workers. That might mean things like building a drive through in your restaurant. It might mean things like building a separate Um, it uh, can be things like air filtration. The four new categories, software, technical, payment to suppliers, expenses related to damage, and expenses related to worker protection are really giving people a broad array of things that can be forgiven. It still has to be an equation of 60% payroll and 40% non-payroll expenses, but there are a lot more things that you can include into non-payroll. But you can have 100% payroll. Absolutely, you can have 100% payroll. Okay. And there's a couple of interesting things. So let's talk about PPP2. 
perfect. So assuming you got a PPP one, a, a, a PPP loan in the in the first tranche, you are eligible for a PPP second draw if you've had a revenue decrease of 25% or more based on the same quarter in 2019. And it can be any quarter. And that is it can be it can uh, be any quarter. Yeah, so you compare what you're doing is you're comparing, let's say first quarter of 19 to first quarter of 2020. And if it's down more than 25%, you qualify. Exactly. What you can't do is compare third quarter of to the, of 2020 to first quarter of 2019. You got to compare the exact same quarter. Gotcha. That's good info. Yeah, because I'll be yeah, honest so, with you, we, have a, we have a FedEx business and we qualified for the PPP loan. And, uh, you know, we actually experienced some increase, you know, with everybody ordering online and delivering and whatnot. So we were not down the 25%. So, we unfortunately, tell me if I'm wrong, but we do not qualify for the second round of PPP. Yeah, you wouldn't. So, the, you know, there's, there's, they're looking at it in two ways. They say if over the course of the whole year, your business is down 25%, you don't even really need to show us the individual quarter. We just assume that you're eligible for, for PPP too. If you were equal to 2019, or even if you were increased in 2019, uh, in 2020, uh, meaning, you know, you had more revenue in 2020, but if you have a quarter that is 25% down, you would still qualify. So you might want to take a look and see, did you take a hit in quarter one or quarter two, uh, even though overall for the year you were up? Yeah, and that's a good point. I've got another guy that I work for on the CFO side, and he did that as well. Like the first two quarters were really bad, you know, with COVID. And then it kind of picked up to where, you know, his third and fourth quarters were probably even or slightly above, but it's perfect for him because he's going to qualify for the second one. Yeah, and the thing about PPP2 is it's pretty much the same once you've met the 25% qualification, it's pretty much the same in that we're looking at the loan amount is going to be two and a half months, your average payroll. Now, the thing about it is you can choose to use 2020 to calculate your average payroll or 2019. So if you have been significantly down in 2020, then you would want to use 2019 to figure your average monthly payroll to get the loan amount for your PPP too. Now there's an exception to that. And that is if you're in a NAS code 72 business, so that would be restaurants and hospitality industry. It's kind of restaurants and hotels and bed and breakfast and that kind of thing they actually will be able to get three and a half months payroll as their PPP to loan amount. Yeah. And Josh isn't on the call today, but he has a, you know, he sells photo boost, which is in that venue space. I don't know, would he qualify for that three and a half percent or is it? Well, it's actually three and a half months payroll, average payroll for his loan amount. 
Um, I'd have to look at the actual codes to see if he qualified. Most of them are literal hospitality, meaning you're staying there. Yeah. And so it's like RV parks and yeah. That's, that's a great thing. I, I work with a restaurant and man, when they heard three and a half, they were super excited. And I don't blame them. I was excited for them. So that's a big deal for the restaurant space. They have been obliterated the majority of them in 2020. And so that is great. News. Yeah. Three and a half times. Payroll. So, Oh, I know it's yeah. Yeah. Well, let me give you the insider scoop on um, really some ways that this combination of the two PPPs can be really beneficial. So, you know, there were a lot of companies that when PPP first came out, uh, they were excited. They wanted to take it. They may have gotten approved, but then they started hearing all the backlash about, do you really need it? And even though SBA offered blanket uh, eligibility and said, look, the economic insecurity that's going on, everybody who wants a loan under $2 million is qualified. You don't have to have proven that you needed the money. Well, there was so much backlash with the big companies. There were a lot of people that got nervous about it and said, look, I don't want to take this. This is, this is just, you know, it, it's too dicey. I, I don't want to take it. Well, if you were one of those businesses or you missed the deadline or for whatever reason, you didn't take the original PPP, you can actually apply now for an original PPP, for a first draw PPP. And in that case, you don't need to prove that you had a 25% decrease. And on top of that, you can apply for that first PPP if you can utilize the full amount of the PPP in a, in a method that you're using, you know, you're paying 60% payroll and 40% non-payroll, you can turn around and immediately apply for a second PPP. Wow. And that's that, yeah, that, that, uh, you know, does have all the, PPP second draw rules of the 25% reduction, et cetera. But, you know, we had some people that we were helping because we, you know, we work with the special cases who, uh, you know, their banks did some miscalculations. They, they didn't, they just didn't end up getting the correct PPP and or some that completely missed the deadline, um, you know, due to issues that had arisen. So what the legislation allows is for you to either amend with your bank your original PPP amount. So if you got a lower amount, like let's say you're a seasonal business and your bank said, no, we, you know, we don't think you're seasonal. You got to divide your payroll amount, you know, over 12 months. And so, of course, if you're a seasonal business and you got to spread it over 12 months, you're getting a much smaller amount. Well, now your bank is going to give you a way to amend your original PPP amount to get it increased and they'll give you more funds. Well, let me, let me, if you had that 25%. So you, go ahead. you just mentioned a seasonal business, but uh, the, the restaurant that I was talking about earlier that uh, I help out, they, when they applied for the first PPP loan, they did an amount that was too low. There was some fear that they were going to run out. Right. So they, 
they hurried around and they got a certain loan amount and it was probably $25,000 less than what they could have gotten and should have gotten, but they just wanted to get it in. So they wouldn't, they thought they were going to lose the money because it was going to run dry, but can they still amend that? Yep. Yep. As a matter of fact, there's some very, very common things that people had that people did that, that lowered their amount and they can go back and request that their bank amend their amount. So one of the things, there was all kinds of hoopla about S-Corps uh, during, during the discussions about could S-Corps owner draws be counted and, and S-Corps had to be paying them the owners on a W-2 and there was this whole thing. So a huge amount of S-Corps who pay themselves through owner draws did not include that in their PPP amount. Well, the new legislation has come out and said, yes, S-Corp owner draws do count as owner income. It still has a $100,000 cap. So, you know, the most that we could be talking about here is $20,833. But those kind of situations can be amended and uh, your bank would take the amendment, send in a new 1502 to SBA and uh, uh, distribute the additional funds to you for the PPP one. So it so you can make an amendment and still go back for a PPP two if you qualify. You know what, Kim? I've got a great big smile on my face over here because <laughs> I think you made I think you made a few people some extra money that they didn't make uh, on the first go around. And I know I know a couple of businesses already that I've got in mind. So. This is why we have you on because we need an expert in this field. And oh. I love what you're saying. So what else is interesting about the PPP two loan? Well, the PPP two is, is basically going to play out just exactly like PPP one. There is, we're awaiting some interesting information about the forgiveness for loans under $150,000. So the legislation says that that needs to be less than one page and not require any documentation. Uh, and so it's kind of, it's about as close to saying blanket forgiveness as you could possibly get. But SBA hasn't released the rules on that yet. Uh, they'll be coming out soon. But I have to say, um, in the time between when uh, people started talking about this 150000 and it actually got done, SBA has watered down the forgiveness requirements so much that I don't think there's going to be a huge difference in that. But let's see. In any regard, if you're talking about a loan size under 150000 they are very straightforward to get, and they are very straightforward to get forgiven. So we'll find out what happens there. Now, there's one last little piece that's going to put more money in everybody's pocket, and that is that previously PPP forgiveness said that if you got an idle advance, if you applied for an idle loan and you got the advance, whether or not you took the loan. And this um, is the advance of 10000 right? Yeah, the up to 10,000 and they they were, you know, there was a whole controversy about was it 1,000 per employee and all of that. So, um it it had been 
that you would get your forgiveness amount, but SBA would deduct the amount of your idle advance from your forgiveness. And everybody was like, what? I mean, you said this was a grant and now you're forgetting. Well, they finally fixed that. So uh, anyone who already applied for forgiveness and uh, had the idle advance taken out, your bank is going to be contacting you and sending you that money back. Um, and anyone who hasn't gotten their forgiveness yet, it will no longer be deducted from their forgiveness. So they can get full 100% forgiveness. Forget about that. The whole taking the advance out is done. In addition to that, if you got a less than $10,000 amount of your idle advance and you are a business or a self-employed person that is in a low-income area and you had a loss for any eight-week period that was greater than 30%, you will actually be able to apply to get the full 10000 and that's a grant that has no spending restrictions, that has no nothing. And that's just a pure grant. So if you got $1,000 and you meet those qualifications, you can apply to get an additional 9000 Go over those qualifications one more time. Make sure everybody gets that. Yeah, it's that you are in a designated low-income area. And, and don't just rule yourself out because, you you know, there's some nice houses near you. These are enterprise zone areas. There's going to be more specific information about what's coming out. But, you you know, you want to double check and make sure, even if you, you're pretty where, sure where you're not. Find that. Where, where do you see if you're in a designated low-income area? What website do you go to to see that? Well, the way to get a sneak peek at it is to look at enterprise zones and uh, find the enterprise zones in your area. However, this is, we're still waiting for the regulations to be finalized, and certainly they're going to give us a very specific place to go and look and see. But when the federal government says low income, enterprise areas are a good way to suss out what they mean. Okay, so if you're in a designated low-income area, what was the rest of the criteria? If you had a greater than 30% revenue loss between in any eight-week period okay. compared, compared to the same period in 2019. So it's just like with PPP, we're looking at quarter compared to the quarter in 2019. In this case, we're looking at an eight-week period uh, compared to 2019. And if you fit that, what do you get? You get the full $10,000 idle advance. And that's oh. an advance. It, it does yeah. not need to be repaid. It's a, it's a grant. Now, if you already got the 10000 you don't get it again, right? Correct. If you got the full 10000 then you're that's that's all you're getting. But if you got a thousand and you fit that criteria, then you will get another nine thousand. That's correct. Okay. Another good tidbit that you gave us there, man. You just you just throwing them at us. This is good stuff. Well, I've saved the best for last, okay, particularly for your audience, Shane. Because here we go. All right. Let's see. This this is SBA debt relief. So if you had an if you've got an SBA loan right now 
you uh, already received six months of payments from SBA. And this is SBA paying the principal interest and fees for your loan. This is not a deferment. This is not you got to pay it back someday later. This is them literally paying those payments for you for six months. They've already done that for you. Now, with the new legislation, they're going to pay another three months for you. And if you're a borrower in certain NAS categories, and this is one that Josh may be in, you're not only going to get this additional three months, but you're going to get another five months on top of that. So, for example, um, businesses in the education industry, and that's for-profit, non-profit, whatever you are, uh, this is one of the many categories. You would have gotten six months paid already for you, and you're going to get another eight months. So, you're getting a year and two months of payments made on your SBA loan for you. Now, let's say... you. You, you said if you already had an SBA prior to all of this coming out, they paid six months. So yep, all that's SBA what, loans, they paid six months. Now, I don't think a lot of people knew that. So if they're yeah. making their payments during that time, is SBA making six months of payments for them in addition to what they were paying? Actually, if they weren't made aware of it by their bank, SBA requires the bank to offer to either give the money back to the individual or let them apply it to their principal. So if, if they didn't hear about it, yeah, they've got the ability to go back and get it back. I don't think so knew that. I think, I think most people thought if they got a new SBA loan during that time, the SBA was going to make six payments, but I don't think the people that already had one prior to that knew that they were getting six payments months of payments for free. You know, they, they, they should have their bankers uh, should have notified them. Now we work with a lot of bankers around the country and we did have some banks that, uh, you know, were three or four months into it before they realized maybe we reminded them that they needed to uh, be making those payments. So if your bank didn't do it, then definitely contact your bank and and it, it's not too late uh, to get that benefit. Um, that's that's something that would be sitting there for you. Now, let's talk about new borrowers because that that's these are the people that are really gonna do well. SBA is saying any new loan that's done before the end of September of this year, are going to get six months of payments made for them. And again, this is principal, interest, and fees on your behalf. Now, there's no limit on the loan size, wow. but there is, a, there is a limit on the monthly payment amount, and that is $9,000 a month. So what SBA is doing for you right here is giving you up to $54,000. In addition, and we're waiting to get the specifics, but SBA will be lowering and possibly eliminating 
the SBA guarantee fees that are general that are due at a, a, a loan closing, an SBA loan closing. And that, my friend, is up to 3% of the whole loan. So what if you are thinking of making an acquisition, if you are thinking of doing expansion, uh, right now is really a good time to be looking at SBA. All right. I want to repeat what she just said to make sure that everybody caught this because, you know, you, 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 you get zoned out into a long podcast. Sometimes you gloss things over, but we don't want you to gloss this one over. Everything she said has been fantastic. But right here, if you're thinking about a new transaction, a new purchase acquisition that's going to go SBA, now is the time to do it. They're potentially going to uh, curtail the SBA guarantee fees, and they're going to make six months of payments for you, P&I, and not make you pay those back. Did I say all that correctly, Kim? That That's it. That is beautiful. And I got to tell you, I'm actually looking at an acquisition right now. I have sent some paperwork over to Roy and I have, I hope to uh, fall into this, this deadline myself. Yeah. Well, I can say this, I can say this, that everybody who, even if you are in the process of underwriting and you're almost having your loan closed, you're still going to fall into this category of a new borrower. So you'll, you'll be able to uh, benefit from it. So yeah, it's good news all around. And I, and my last bit of good news is that uh, in the next two weeks, we should be hearing about stimulus three uh, from the Biden administration. And there's a whole package of stuff for small businesses in that as well. So uh, we're looking at, it's a good time to really get shored up and be thinking ahead for small businesses in the U.S. Well, you have given us a ton of stuff today. It has been nothing but a pleasure. And if you guys want to uh, contact Kim and Roy, reach out to us. We've got all their their info, and we will help uh, make that that arrangement, that setup for you guys. But Kim, you've been a you've been a huge blessing for uh, for us and the business owners out there listening. So thank you again for uh, being on the program, talking about PPP round two. My pleasure. Thanks, Shane. All right. We're going to have you guys on again. <laughs> so we'll see you next time. Kim. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Bye. See you guys. Mm -hmm.